What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another Ghost Coat Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. Today's podcast is an interview with Jamie from To Write Love on Her Arms. Jamie's nonprofit foundation is concerned with suicide prevention and awareness and mental health issues such as depression and anxiety. As a warning, these topics may be triggering for you, and so we appreciate your care when listening to this episode. And finally, this episode is dedicated to former Ghost Cult magazine photographer Melina Delamargio. Thanks for listening. So... We're here at Comic Strip Live in New York City. Keefe from Ghost Cold Mag Podcast. I'm here with Jamie from To Write Love on Our Arms. Jamie, thank you for taking some time to hang out with us. We're so excited to talk to you. It's an honor. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm I'm super glad to be here. Thank you for for coming up as well. Uh, first comedy event for for the organization and and for me personally, I do a lot of speaking, but this is a unique event for us. So it's, it's really special. And, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome. And of course, you know, it's kind of funny, like spoken word and comedy go hand in hand and obviously at the same thing, uh, you know, activism and sort of, you know, public speaking, they all kind of blend together. So I think it is a kind of a perfect mix. This event, uh, you know, looks like it's going to be amazing. Uh, and, uh, sort of, uh, what was the idea behind this particular event in general? just to have like a comedy event yeah well I, I know for for Joe uh, the the headliner and for the other folks that are going to be on stage tonight it's it's personal for them I know that um, these folks have been touched by suicide have have lost someone um, in the comedy community and that tends to be the case you know when there's benefit events or when people want to get involved or want to do something for us there there's there's always a story, you know, there's always a reason or something that makes it personal. And that's true for people that end up on our staff and interns that find their way to Florida. Uh, so we, we're super honored that, that, uh, they wanted to create this night and, and partner with us for it. Awesome. And, uh, you know, I, I love that you started off with the word personal because this is such a personal thing. It affects everybody, but everybody kind of deals on a personal level. I, I often relate, uh, you know, mental health and uh, suicide prevention and awareness to cancer, right? You know, theoretically, like one of every six people suffers from this or is going to know someone who does. And so, you know, we all kind of have to carry the torch, which is great about you and your work uh, that I admire personally. It's definitely affected me. Um, and uh, so I'm grateful that you're put, I think, you know, it's, it, putting the message out and speaking publicly about it is like half the battle. It's great that you raise money and tremendous that people donate and time and money because uh, those are necessary to push these things forward. But I think actually the awareness part is almost the most important part because people don't talk about suffering and especially because it's personal. So I want to get your take on that. Yeah. You know, we've learned that two out of three people who struggle with depression don't get help for it. And, and so that's a really simple, but I think powerful statistic that just shows you that most people who live in this difficult place live alone in this place. And like you said, I, I think we've seen that honesty can be contagious. There's such a stigma that, that keeps people from opening up, from being honest, from asking for help. And yet the flip side is that when you know, when I'm honest about dealing with depression, it somehow makes it easier for other people to do the same. And maybe for them, it's anxiety or grief or an eating disorder, uh, whatever it may be that we can just admit that life is hard and then take the next step to know that, you know, there's real help that exists. There are professionals that, that want to help us through these difficult seasons. 
Well said. Uh, do you think it's kind of generational? I feel like my parents never talked about how they were feeling. You just understood how they were feeling for the moment to moment. <laughs> I'm angry, yell, I'm sad, be sad. But I don't think, I think generation, you know, it's hard for generations. Yeah, I see maybe a more willingness now for people to open up a little better, which is re- a relief, frankly, to me, because we also, we didn't grow up just kind of sharing how we felt all the time. It was kind of frowned upon. And I feel like that's so bad. Mm-hmm. It's so, especially today there's so much coming at young people especially and they don't they don't have it's good that they have a platform but it's not easy it's not easy anyway for people to ask for help or open up but why do you, do you think there's a cultural issue there where people are kind of uh you know afraid to talk yeah i mean i think whether it's cultural or i, I think there's truth in what you said about generational i think maybe our grandparents generation it was super rare to talk about your feelings maybe it became a little less rare with our parents. And uh, I do think for young people, obviously growing up with social media, you see that it's common to share, to communicate. But at the same time, I think it's also probably tempting to fake it. And, you know, we see so many sort of seemingly perfect lives on Instagram and Snapchat and everywhere else. So uh, I think also, like you said, there's just more of everything coming at young people because of technology, more social media, more news. Um, but the hope is that it's, it, I, I think these issues are being talked about more, whether it's, I think in almost any circle, you know, whether it's in the news, whether it's, uh, individuals, whether it's on social media, just, I think when, when to love and arms started 13 years ago, looking at then and looking at now, I do feel like you're seeing and hearing more about, mental illness, about suicide. And, and so I think we see the good in that. Right on. Um, I, I think it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, you mentioned 13 years and, uh, you know, back before this comedy tour and back before you wrote a book and you're working on another one, which we'll talk about in a second. I, I wanted to ask, cause you, again, going back to what's personal, what inspired you to start on this journey? Because it's, you know, I, I'm so, again, I can't say enough. I'm so appreciative that you're on this journey with everybody mm. and inspiring a lot of people, but you also came down this road yourself for a reason. And I wanted to kind of touch on that. Yeah. So for me, it was a total surprise. I uh, was introduced to a girl who quickly became a friend. My my friend, Renee Yoey, I uh, met her in Orlando in the spring of 2006. And she was dealing with the issues that today show up in our mission statement. So she was dealing with depression, addiction, a history of self-injury. There had been suicide attempts in her life. And I wrote a story about getting to know her after she was denied entry into a treatment center and gave that story the title to write Love on Her Arms. And we shared it actually on MySpace way back in 2006 and heard from so many people uh, in so many places who could relate to Renee's story, to her questions, to her struggles. And pretty quickly we're given the opportunity, I think, to talk about these things on a bigger scale and and then to do more than help one person. So what started out trying to help her uh, put us in a position to, you know, encourage people to get help and even to invest in people getting that help. And so I love that we had this really simple, humble beginning in terms of not trying to start a movement or even a charity, but just trying to tell one story and help one friend. 
Awesome. I'm so glad that you do. Um, we talked about kind of the barriers on a personal and individual level for people to kind of ask for help and get help. But what do you think are the barriers that you face trying to spread this message, uh, you know, beyond the, uh, you know, obvious, the more people know about it. But do you, do you, what barriers do you think you face, you know, or do we all face kind of uh, systematically, if you will? Yeah, you know, I think, I think we've learned that people asking for help might be the first barrier. But I think the second one is, do they have access to that help? Uh, is it affordable? I think that's certainly a challenge in America. And I mean, that would be where obviously we hear from the most people and, and the place we know the most about. Um, so certainly I think we dream of the day where there's no asterisk by mental health, where, um, where people have access to affordable healthcare that includes mental health care. And I think it's important to point out that there are some free resources. I think it's easy to assume, oh, I could never afford that. So I'm not even going to look, I'm not even going to try. But whether it's grad students who have to get a certain amount of hours, whether it's a free hotline, whether it's 12-step meetings, I think we love to point to free and reduced rate services and just encourage people to try. We also hear from great professionals who work on a sliding scale where they might see someone for 10 or $20 because that's what that person can afford. And so we know that it's not always easy to get help, but we do believe ultimately that it's worth it. And I think the hope would be as someone begins that journey of trying to get help, they might have a support system. They might have friends, some form of community that, that helps them take those steps. Awesome. Um, you know, it's funny. I know you, we talked about the stigma, right, against mental health. And I think there's other things that compound, uh, you know, uh, at-risk teens, uh, just in general, everybody, you know, kind of going through life. We live in a very perilous, crazy time in the world where people are trying to, you know, take away our rights and harm us, our own people in our own country are trying to you know, hurt whole groups of citizens at the same time, just either legally or otherwise. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I'm glad that there's a world suicide prevention day. I'm, we are at the end of, uh, mental health awareness month. Um, and speaking sort of about stigmas on people, I'm grateful we have those things, but I would like those things to be so common that we don't need them anymore. Um, because I just feel like self-care is almost frowned on and it's like, oh, you're indulging if you took a day off to take care of yourself or, you know, work-life balance is also sometimes kind of a, you know, people lower their eyes when they say that term in the corporate world. It's like, I know, you know, I know you need more work-life balance, mm, you know, <laughs> so to avert your eyes and pretend it's not real, but like we all need that. Like, and, um, and you've had a lot of crossover in the entertainment world where, you know, we've, you've, uh, you know, it's how we got to know you through the music world and, uh, a lot of your amazing, uh, you know, messages there. And it, in our, in this world, we don't see a lot of self-care is kind of, you know, you're supposed to rock and party and be carefree and let everything slide off of you. But it's totally not, I mean, we have so much, so many, we lost so many and, uh, and, uh, and so many other struggles still. So it's just kind of a thing that I wanted to just kind of riff on with you because I would like to see us get to a day where we don't have this anymore, where we don't, where we, we, not that we don't have it because it's always going to be present. Sure. I think uh, kind of the human conditioning, uh, the human condition is a little bit of suffering. Yeah. But it, but like, I think it's hard. People feel like they're alone and they don't have anybody, right? Yeah. You know, there's such a, I think, I think maybe what you're saying is 
to get to a day where the need is not so great or where it's just understood because it's part of everyday conversation. The idea of taking care of each other, taking care of ourselves. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, what's become our biggest day, World Suicide Prevention Day, is is certainly a, a day or, or even a uh, maybe a holiday, however you would word that, that the average person doesn't know about. So... I don't know. I, I think at the same time for now, we're, we're just really thankful that we get to invite people into this conversation that, that 13 years in, we're, we're not only still going, but, but going strong and our team is the biggest it's ever been. Like, there's a lot of reason I think to be hopeful. And within that, I think to me, it feels important to be grateful because I know that so many things don't last 13 years. Uh, so many things come and go. There is still a need, even in the midst of, of feeling like there's, good news or th or stigma beginning to change. Uh, we know that the need remains. And, and so I think we want to keep showing up and, and also just, I think we're thankful for the surprising doors that have opened, you know, 13 years in, to my knowledge, it's our first night doing something in the realm of comedy. And, and that's not something we ever wrote on a whiteboard or a five-year plan. It, it's just a cool door that opened. And, and so we're really, honored to be here on a night like tonight just to see where it goes and and you know everything from video games to women's soccer like we've just seen so many surprising doors open and and i think at the end of the day like you touched on it it's just part of being a human no matter what your talents are no matter what your interests are uh whether you're an athlete whether you're an entertainer whether you're a you know anything a, a student uh, a teacher a parent these are issues that touch so many people, you know, young and old in America, outside of America. And, and it feels good that, that tonight we get to show up. And I, one thing I love about comedy is comedy gets to be honest. Comedy gets to talk about things that people don't always talk about. And I think we share some common ground in wanting that to be true of mental health, you know, of these guys can get up these guys and ladies can get up and, and say things that the average person feels like they couldn't say. And the hope is that we can find a common thread where what if, what if we could talk about our pain and our sadness that way as well? Amazing. Um, as we wind down and again, you've been really generous. I appreciate your time and your busy, busy time. Uh, we were talking about the negative parts of social media, but you actually are really great at using social media, not just to get your message out, but in general to promote all your activities and the platforms. I actually was uh, on the train ride up here. I was looking at your link tree and all the little buckets you have, which is really amazing. And uh, it is a useful tool, right? It's definitely harmful. Yeah. <laughs> I work in marketing and social media. So it's definitely harmful to some. Um, not everybody is built to be on social media or, um, you know, spend too much time on it, but you've been great at using it as, as sort of to boost your platform. Is there a particular, um, network you prefer? Do you feel like there's one that's the most successful that helps you get the word out? Oh, you know, I, obviously for, for us as an organization, we got our start on MySpace and in a way, obviously MySpace has quieted down since then, but I think because of that beginning, it's really part of our foundation and, and social media has really been home base ever since, even though the platform or platforms has certainly evolved. Uh, for me personally, I, I think as a writer, I, I really love Twitter, just the simplicity of of words and, and even having that limited space, which I know in the last year or two has has doubled, but, but having to be brief, but trying to say something that 
that matters or that, that moves people. Uh, and then I, I think Instagram would be next where, you know, it's fun to post photos, but I think again, as a writer, I, I spend a lot more time thinking about the caption and, you know, it's, it's fascinating though, seeing things come and go and wondering for us as an organization, each time something pops up to figure out, should we be on it? How can we use it? And, and ultimately how can we use these different platforms to point people to hope, to information, to resources? So it's, it's neat. And I, I think, uh, you know, even we're standing by a, a pretty historic stage it, in a way I try to remind people that social media is always just the stage and, and the more interesting piece is what you place on that stage. Uh, obviously this place will be a lot more exciting tonight when it's full of people and, and there's talented folks up there making us laugh. Uh, so I think, I think it's, it's cool to think about that, that, that we all get to figure out, you know, what are, what do we have to say? What do we want to say? Whether it's serious, whether it's funny, whether it's vulnerable, whatever it may be. Awesome. Uh, and just for a last thing, I, I know that I have, uh, you know, I'm grateful to have a limited platform where people uh, seem to follow us. If you could get a message out in this podcast on this, in this moment out to anybody that needs help, what would you say to them right now? We just want people to know they're not alone. And I think more than anything else, we want people to know and believe that it's okay to be honest and that it's okay to ask for help. And specifically, uh, if someone comes to our website and clicks on the find help button, uh, all you have to do is enter your zip code, no matter where you live, and you'll be given a list of local resources. Uh, so everything from treatment centers to 12-step meetings to counseling offices, places where people can get help, not just in general, but in their community. And it also includes free and reduced rate services. So we want to encourage people, but we also want to give people the practical steps to take. And we think it's really a mix of everyone needing a community, needing to be known, needing friends and a support system. And also knowing that if you need more help than that, if you need professional help, that it's out there and it's totally okay to put a hand up and ask for it. And that's coming from somebody who struggles with depression and goes to counseling every week and takes an antidepressant every night. And, and there's no shame in that for me. Like those are just two small tools that have brought stability and, and healing to my life. And so I want other people to have whatever help they need. Awesome. And thank you, Jamie from to I love on our arms. I'm so grateful that we got to chat. Uh, thank you for all the good work you do. We're going to link all your stuff in the piece. And uh, once again, thank you for the good work you do and keep up the good work. Thank you, man. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally, check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.